Welcome to another Monday edition of User Words Podcast. Now, the big news that is everywhere right now, again, still and will probably be for the honestly the next couple months is uh, Corona, COVID nineteen. However, you want to reference it, so that way it makes sense in your head. And th- as of Sunday night, March fifteenth, we now have new suggestions from the CDC that we should uh, stop all gatherings of fifty or more people. This is going to disrupt life for a long time. Now, one of the consequences of this interruption is not going to be just, you know, work. You know, people who have to go to work who are now adjusting to a new way of working remotely, schools being closed and having to take care of their kids, uh, people who need food assistance to be able to feed their kids, etc. But it's also going to impact a lot of people who deal with mental health issues. Now, what do I mean by that? Working from home, people who maybe need to be around others to get some sort of mental uh, stimulation, this is going to be a difficult time for them. This is going to be a difficult time for me. Now, I am, by very nature, an introvert. I enjoy spending time at home, just me, my dog, a computer, maybe a game if, you know, it's been a weird day or whatever. But just spending time being alone and reflecting. Now, that being said, even though I am an introvert and I do like spending time at home, I realize for my own mental health, I do need some sort of social stimulation. In other words, I can't be isolated to the fact where it's just me. And now with these new restrictions coming out, and they're not legally uh, enforcing them at this time, some of these restrictions, like the CDC is not legally enforcing the 50 people or less, they're strongly suggesting and urging people who make uh, group activities that they postpone them for about eight weeks, which is a large amount of time, by the way. But people who have some mental health issues, you know, one of the worst things that you learn, especially if it's something like depression, that is to isolate yourself from others. You need to be around and interact with others. And this COVID scare is kind of forcing that isolation whether you like it or not, because we're, we're being told by everywhere in the government, we must bend the curve, as they say. So how does one who is naturally precluded to more of that negative mindset still get their social interaction in a way that, you know, allows them to feel connected to others and not alone and isolated? Well, during this time, there are a few things that you can do. One, if you know someone like that, reach out to them, be it a phone call or text message, a video chat, since obviously we're being told nowadays, do not get into groups. You could also drop them an email or something, just something to let the other person know that, hey, you're still around. You haven't dropped off the face of the earth, even though everyone's quarantined themselves. The next thing you can do is if you are a person who is like, okay, so what do I do now? I'm being told to isolate, and you realize that this isn't always going to be the best thing for mental health, again, reach out. The nice thing that's happening is that there are free services allow you to do video chatting. Obviously, there's things like Skype. There's also things like Microsoft Teams. There's Slack. Heck, even Zoom and other 
pay for commercial services are offering their services for free right now in order for people to be able to continue to interact socially with one another online. Now, this is like the introvert's biggest dream come true. They're like, finally, this is something I've been training for. But you do have those people who are going to sequester themselves so much that mentally they are going to start hurting. So if you know someone like that, reach out to them. Let them know you're still around, even though you might not be able to meet up physically at this time. Another thing that's coming up with this coronavirus and you know pandemic that's going on is that we are seeing people just hoard stuff like no tomorrow. I recently took a shopping trip over to both Target and Walmart. And you're like, oh, wait, you took a shopping trip? Yeah, I went out in public, you know. I know the risks. I know what's going on. I am not intentionally exposing myself to sick people. I'm just going, getting the supplies. Also, it helps me not go crazy from being locked up in my apartment all day. I can only look at four walls so long. And now that we are being told to work from home as part of my job, I work in IT. So that is a very viable thing to do. It's a very important thing that the business is able to do to allow me to be able to be productive and at the same time allow us as a healthcare company to be able to provide support to the doctors, the nurses, and all that. They're providing care for patients who are sick, be they COVID patients or not. But that being said, so I went out to the store and it was it was sad and disheartening to see a few things. The shelves are empty. When I say empty, I'm not talking the toilet paper's gone. We've all seen the toilet paper being gone. That's like the new meme, you know, Fallout 4 got it wrong. The new currency of the post-apocalyptic world is not going to be bottle caps. It's going to be toilet tissue rolls. So if there's a modder out there, you know, I'm sure it's probably already been done. Someone replacing bottle caps with toilet tissue rolls. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. But toilet tissue wasn't the only thing that I saw out at all these stores. I saw cans of soup. Those shelves were completely empty. All the Campbell's soup in the world was gone. Medicine, gone. You know, stuff like uh, fever suppressants, cough suppressants and that. Bread, gone. Milk, gone. Which really makes me question things because milk is one of those things that only is good for a few days and then it's, (laughs) you know, it's no longer good. But yet all the milk aisles were just empty. You know, and maybe some of that is parents buying stuff for their kids because their kids are going to be home. I can see some of that, but yeah, this was, you norm, you could see shelves, you know, low on stock sometimes, especially, you know, kids are going to be home, but I'm talking, I could barely find a gallon of milk at these places. And this was um, a Target, a pick and save, a Walmart, and even a quick trip that I stopped at because I was getting some gas and I just, I went inside to get a drink. Cereal, that was another thing that was just completely empty. Now, it is good to be prepared for things that are happening. It is good to have a few days supply of essentials, you know, food, medicine, etc. What happens, though, is when people go and start buying crazy amounts of bulk of items. So they buy all, you know, instead of buying enough soup for them and their family to last maybe a week, they're buying enough soup for their family for like, you know, the next three, four months. If multiple people start doing that, what that does is that depletes the amount that stores have, obviously, on the shelves, as well as what 
they have in the back room. And the people who actually need that, maybe the people who are on a fixed income, get money at only a certain amount of time or living paycheck to paycheck or haven't had a chance to get out to the store due to whatever reason. Those people, when they finally do get out to the store, they go to a store that is empty. They go out to a store that has nothing on the shelves that they need. These might be your elderly, your shut-ins, you know, people with limited transportation, and they are going to be the ones that are going to be suffering. These are the people who may need the hand sanitizer, who may need the toilet tissue, because like someone in my family, they have part of their intestines removed. So they are using the restroom more than most other people. And because of that, they need to have more toilet tissue than the average person. You know, I have a pack of toilet tissue, a 12 pack. That thing's going to last me a good month and a half. But, you know, it's just me and my apartment. Uh, This family member they're going to have a 12-pack of toy tissue, and that might last them a week. So they are the ones who, because you know everyone else is buying you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 packages of toy tissue at a time, those are the people that are going to start suffering. Now, thankfully and hopefully, the panic buying is mostly done at this point, and life can start getting back to normal. Yes, there is something to be said about the amount of containment going on and the amount of fear going on inside of the United States and the world right now, where you're seeing entire economies being shut down and being told to isolate. You have Spain and Italy right now in very hard quarantine. Essentially, everything is shut down. You're starting to see in the United States restaurants and bars being told to shut down completely. Now, I don't believe this is any sort of conspiracy or anything like that to try to change the government and take it over. I've started seeing some of that floating about. It does concern me, however, about how much power fear is taking on and taking the hold of people in general. You look at past pandemics where we have had issues and the response to this pandemic is completely different than the response to, let's say, the swine flu pandemic. That being said, we should still take care of ourselves. We should still do what we can to try to, as they say, you know, flatten that curve out, you know, delay the curve, bend the curve, whatever the whatever terminology you want to use. Essentially, what that means is you want to try to delay the number of people getting sick simultaneously as long as possible. So that way, the number of critically ill people is spread out. So hopefully, hospital beds are available, ventilators are available for those times when they are needed. Instead of having a huge spike at once, if you have a huge spike at once, you may or may not have enough equipment, facilities, and treatment options available for everyone available. And then you're going to be in the situation that Italy is in at this point where they're trying to decide who do we treat and who do we not treat. This is not to say that you need to panic, though. Panic and fear should be one of the last things going on. Be aware of what's going on. Be concerned. Be informed. Know what your options are. But being scared does no one any good. Because as soon as you allow fear to take over, how you are responding to the actions and the events going on right now in the world, instead of being able to handle it rationally, instead of able being able to talk about it, think about it logically. We let that emotion take over and we do whatever we feel 
at that time is the right thing to do to be able to survive this perceived crazy danger. Now, the media is not helping us in this whatsoever. The media is putting this as the biggest headline since, I don't know, honestly. I have never seen in my 36 years media this intense on talking about and spreading this story every single minute of every single day and every single worst fear possible. At the same time, they are also politicizing it. Regardless of where you land on the political spectrum, politicizing the virus at this time is honestly disingenuous. And if you are doing that, all I can say is, regardless of which side of the aisle you're on, you know, where you call yourself independent, Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, whatever you want to call yourself, you could call yourself pan-democratic. I don't care. Stop. In order to get through this situation, we need to come together as a country, as a world as well, and do what needs to be done. That may seem uncomfortable for a while. That being said, we also should not allow the new restrictions being put in place to become a thing of permanency going forward. There's that fine balance between taking temporary restrictive measures and allowing these temporary restrictive measures to become permanent. And hopefully the government does not try anything like that. And as of this time, there is no indication to say that they will. But that's just something to keep on the back burner. Just, again, be informed, be prepared, don't be scared. It is not crazy to have a few extra days of food and supplies available to you, especially now if you have a family with kids, especially if you have elderly parents, especially if you have immunocompromised family members. If you have a few extra days of supplies on hand, that is the less number of times you need to go out during this peak spread. We are now at the point in the U.S., March 15th, 2020, where we will probably see an exponential rise in the number of confirmed cases. Now, part of that is that more testing will now be available shortly. So part of this increase in the number of diagnosed cases will be the fact simply that we are testing more people than we did before. Walmart has partnered with the federal government to allow for drive-through testing in their parking lots. The federal government has just approved more labs to do tests, as well as to produce reagents to be able to produce um, the test in mass faster. So we are going to see that uptick. We are going to see, you know, where it's we're going to start seeing scary numbers coming out. But we have to remember that. The other side of that that we have to remember right now, we're over 100,000 worldwide confirmed cases. But what the other number that is not always reported is that we are over 48,000 recovered cases. So, yes, we see the death number, and that's scary. We see the number of infected, and that's scary. But the fact that about 48% of those who have been infected are now in the recovered state really means that we have about 48% less active cases out there that we know about, again, that we know about, that have been tested, and have recovered. When you look at the numbers as a whole, 
and you don't focus on just the first two, number of diagnosed as well as number of deaths, they seem less scary then. And that is part of how the media is hyping things up. That is how the media is taking things to the next level because they're not always reporting on who has recovered. So as you see these numbers spike up in the next few days and weeks, do not be concerned as, well, no, let me rephrase that. Be cautious, be informed, but don't panic. If we panic, things will get worse. However, if we stay up to date on what is going on and don't let the hype dictate our actions on how we respond and follow the recommendation and advice of the experts from the CDC, we will get through this sooner rather than later. And we'll come out on the other end, having learned a few lessons, having been a little bored at home, and hopefully better for it. So in summary, if you know someone who is having mental illness issues, uh, depression, anxiety, whatever, check in on them. If you are someone who suffers from that, reach out to trusted friends. Let them know that, hey, you know, being alone isn't exactly the best thing for you right now. And figure out a way to communicate with them, you know, video chat, whatever. Phone calls work wonders. Don't let the media hype you up and scare you. Read the actual data from the CDC and read their actual recommendations. Follow what they have to say. And above all people, for all that is, <laughs> for all that is good, wash your hands. <laughs>